0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition,
1: lift
2: off. Remember, remember, it's the fifth of November So that's what we have to about. The real estate markets in the hottest markets in the United States are uh, exploding into the downside. Should Brazil be happy with their new elected president and the full interview with Tom Nomongo on this episode of Hoff Profit? So check it out, HoffProfit.com slash podcast. Don't forget to share, like, retweet and yes, please leave that 5 star review because it is helping. A very good day my friends, it's the first day of a new week and I'm so happy to have you aboard. Let's begin with the 5th of November. and. You know the gunpowder treason plot? The hero had such strong beliefs that he tried to blow up the House of Parliament. And if you look at what's happening at the moment, we need to think about it. Because we are in the middle of tomorrow's elections in the United States. The midterm, so over a few billion is being spent. And we are there and I thought it was a great moment to memorize and... Just look at why this is so important, this is an important thing. So let me first begin with some, with an audio clip from it.
1: It is to Madame Justice that I dedicate this concerto in honor of the holiday she seems to have taken from these parts. And in recognition of the imposter that stands in her stead. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie? Um, November the 4th. Not anymore. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the Gunpowder Treason and Plot. I know of no reason why the Gunpowder Treason should ever be forgot.
2: Well, before you say, well, he was violent and he did blow up the old bailey, that's wrong. There is a question that you should ask yourself. If your government trusts you, it allows you to have the right and opportunity to overthrow it. Which countries in the world are literally allowing its citizens to have guns? And if you look at what it was about, then I just ask you to listen to this short speech from V.
1: Good evening, London. Allow me first to apologize. I do, like many of you, appreciate the comforts of the everyday routine, the security of the familiar, the tranquility of repetition. I enjoy them as much as any old bloke. But in the spirit of commemoration, whereby important events of the past usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle are celebrated with a nice holiday, I thought we could mark this November the 5th, A day that is, sadly, no longer remembered by taking time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Even now, alders are being shouted into telephones and men with guns will soon be on their way. Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have censors and surveillance coercing your conformity and soliciting submission. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly, there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. (laughs) Who wouldn't be? War? Terror? Disease? There were a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic you turned to the now High Chancellor, Adam Sutler. He promised you order, he promised you peace, and all he demanded in return was your silent, obedient consent. Last night, I sought to end that silence. Last night, I destroyed the old Bailey to remind this country of what it has forgotten. More than 400 years ago, a great citizen wished to embed the 5th of November forever in our memory. His hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice, and freedom are more than words, they are perspectives. So if you've seen nothing, if the crimes of this government remained unknown to you, then I would suggest that you allow the 5th of November to pass unmarked. But if you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, and if you would seek as I seek, then I ask you to stand beside me one year from tonight, outside the gates of Parliament, and together we shall give them a fifth of November that shall never, ever be forgotten.
2: What do you say about that one? And what do you think about your government? And if you look at your government within, with this in mind and this speech, how do you f- seek to, how do you think about them? It's an interesting question, and you, we should ask it ourselves. And that's happening. So. If I just look at how what you see at the moment happening, you see government is increasing everywhere and big gov- in my opinion, the government should be there to protect the liberty and the freedom of its citizens. Not the other way around. And at this moment I really got the idea that government sees us as the persons, as you, a, a, an attribute and something that contributes to government success. Well, and if I look at the introduction of the artificial intelligence, I'm really scared, I'm afraid. And I mean, the so-called tolerant people uh, are looking there and saying that basically. Let me give you a prime example. Um, there is a group of Turkish uh, Turkish government-funded mosques in the Netherlands, and they want Twitter to kick out the account of Geert Wilders, a populist, uh, economically leftist, cultural right-wing politician. And they want that the Twitter to spend his account and. They always say, well we are tolerant, well if you are so tolerant, why are you then not tolerating and allowing this guy to speak out his things? I mean, I don't vote for him, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but they need to allow people with different religious views and different perspectives to be there. I mean, just look at with artificial intelligence, how does the government deal with whistleblowers? Every whistleblower is going to be in big trouble in the in, in the world. Governments don't like whistleblowers. They like people who obey. And You saw it in the Netherlands where the army was selling landmines who were basically bad. And should be lied about it to people who passed away and had accidents for it. And the person who decided not to do so. And to speak out and say the truth why people lost arms or literally passed away. They then that person is being punished if you look at the person who worked against a cartel in the netherlands which was there to in the construction site you saw that the whistleblower is always screwed so on that side um i think that we should really be worried and if you think about artificial intelligence and all the things happening there i'm just thinking why are we there de- why are we not having the debates that we need to have I mean, people talk that Amazon is bad because it brings away transi- it brings away business. And the only thing that Amazon is doing is serving customer needs. That's the other side. And you see that people no longer have to go to a shop. You can shop online and you can get your, literally, you can literally shop your toilet paper. And for 100 bucks a year, they deliver it for free. So you see with this, there is a lot of things happening. And this innovation will go on, will keep happening. And ultimately, it will just wipe complete sectors out. European Union imposed completely global covering privacy laws, so it's the highest time for you to be transparent unless you want to pay a 20 million euro fine. And yes, the European Commission is on a witch hunt, so get ready. So check out GDRP compliance course on slash GDRP. That's slash GDRP. It's the beginning of time, gold has become real money. It is the money being used by the Aztecs, the Egypts, the Roman Empire. And central banks around the world still love gold. So why are you not ready for making from gold profits? Gold profits are there just because of the v- current trade wars, financial instability, and geopolitical tensions. Gold is likely to go up and up and up. So check it out: hofprofit.com/gold2018. That's hofprofit.com/gold2018. WordPress offers you many great opportunities to build a great website, webshop and spread your matches. If it's your blog or your, your desire to become financially independent, WordPress is there for you to help you. WordPress has many hidden secret hidden features no one knows. So visit hofprofitcom WordPress for the WordPress training menu. quick chat and look at what's happening in the United States real estate market and uh, we see something really shocking real estate in the hottest markets is going down this is sad this is shocking so what you see happening uh, New York City is a buyers market well so with all the tourists buyers are down. And the high p- this means something. I mean, high paying bankers and investment bankers are not there to keep the market going. At the same time, the Silicon Valley, San Diego, Southern California markets are also collapsing. So if the hottest markets are going down, what does this tell you? I mean, for me, it tells me only one tiny thing. First of all, realize yourself that you will have less value and it's not gonna be so easy to monitor to see because shared you can get an overview and a review instantly, but real estate is not that easy. And a lot of people have borrowed money against their real estate, so this is all something that you need to think about. So, if your real your home you're living in is your biggest investment, you're in big problems. If you like to sell your house, you find more problems doing so. And when will this end? Well, if you look at 2008, I will tell you this: you ain't seen anything yet. You're gonna get really worse financial situation and terrible thing well i'll have a quick chat on brazil should brazil be happy the populist left I and mean, now the populist right are in and the world is talking bad and a lot of people it's interesting to see that the people who say that the current pre- president of uh, elected president of brazil is bad also said that trump is bad so on that side we see something in line um, and it's interesting to see brazil was a portuguese just colony yes we had some peace of that country and they gave it up and instead of giving it up with free trade they just have no trade barrier so and the situation in brazil is not that great and i think that people should be happy that they did continue going down the route towards the venezuela scenario so from that side it's really good now we should just hope that uh, they will bring much needed reforms like the pension reforms and I don't understand why you should trust your retirement savings with the government. I mean I never saw anything positive coming out of government side. so why should you trust someone who fails you with politicians who are unable to balance a budget and how sh- why should you trust them with your money? This is a good question I know. So. Having that said, ask yourself this, if they failed you once, and they failed you twice and they ongoingly fill you, what are they going to tell you? Well, in my opinion, it's going to tell you that they are going to fail you once again. Well, and then it's time for Tom Luongo, the publisher of a great investment newsletter. Take a subscription, leave him a tweet, and just say that you came from me. And with the editing, it's something then not that well. So you get a full interview. So without further delay, here is today's exclusive interview with Tom Luongo. All right. Uh, Let's go. Tom, very welcome to the the show.
0: Good morning, Lodric. How are you? Thank you for the invite.
2: Uh, I'm great. You're always great to have you on the board. Um, earlier you was on the show, but for those of us uh, who missed your interview, what are you doing?
0: What am I doing? Uh, I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff at this point, but I've got, you know, my, my, my site is goldgoatsandguns.com. I'm doing a a, a monthly investment newsletter uh, based around a, a, a crisis strategy based around the coming sovereign debt crisis and, you know, a long-term Plan through that uh, as well as I've got a YouTube channel as well where I, I uh, do a live stream twice a week on Mondays nights at eight and Friday nights at eight thirty, taking open Q and A and discussing a particular topic of the day, uh, and then we just go from there. So.
2: Okay, um, I ask you because you uh, I'm one of your newsletters and you wrote an article about a Facebook censorship. What's happening uh-huh. in the United States with all the social media and all the search engines going after people? What, what's happening?
0: Uh, what's happening is let's and let's just get right down to brass tacks. What's happening is that the global elite have been working for uh, a, creating a censorship platform for a, close to a decade now. I mean, talk. I've I've I have been talking with people who uh, who have been doing the investigative research into guys like Tom Sire and George Soros and the rest of them, and that that this is this this all of this goes back to like the, the original net neutrality. Uh, arguments back in, uh, back during the Obama administration and is moving forward. Now they're just implementing that plan. They, ha- they have a lot of things in place. They they That's why they're angry about the Trump getting rid of net neutrality, because net neutrality was a means by which they would be able to begin to erect uh, a a public utility argument from both the left and the right in order to uh, turn all the social media sites into public utilities, and then once they're regulated like that, then they can start doing classic barrier to entry stuff where they uh, they, they, we can only have our, our, our vetted social media sites, and they will raise the barrier to entry. The Merkel's doing the same thing over in Germany by uh, creating uh, hate speech, criminalizing hate speech on Facebook, and then you know, arresting people for it. And then obviously the new, uh, the new meme Law and the new Link Law, and all of that. It's all designed to stop the proliferation of free speech. And uh, we saw that this week with, uh, in the wake of the, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. That they immediately all the content providers up and down the the platform uh, banned or uh, dropped Gab, right, the the Twitter alternative Gab, which I found uh, really really disturbing. But I'm not surprised by it at all. Uh, it's very similar to the reaction that they did with Alex Jones. Uh, it, but this was targeted. There's no you know. They, they did this over on a Saturday they did this on a Saturday night they gave the, the, these people a 48hour shutdown notice uh, I'm not saying that there are great people on gab but I think the people who are behind gab know what they're doing and they're trying to fight this the best way they know how they don't always like make the right decisions because I've been a I've been a member there since the very beginning uh, and I followed the story pretty closely but it's pretty obvious that what they want is they the, that that you know at the end of the day if you want to maintain control, there's a number of ways that you maintain control over a populace. And the first thing you do is you control transportation. The second thing you do is you control communication. And third thing you do is you control the move, you control labor movement. And you know if you make labor mobility low and you make it hard for people and you control how people move around, which is why they want to put us in self-driving cars and the rest of it, then it's pretty obvious. Then you know they of course would want to control your speech. And they had control over the the political discourse for years when most of us got our. Uh, our information only from television news and dead tree media, and newspapers. And today there's a proliferation of means means by which for us to get the information that we need. Podcasts like this, and you know, my blog, and you know, and all of that stuff. And they don't have control over that anymore. So what they need to do now is, of course, they need to get control of the access points. And that's why they have. That's why we're. You know, that's why it's very important to control. Not, they tried to control the ISPs, that didn't work. So now they got to control the app platforms and the rest of them, right So you're talking about uh, working in conjunction with Facebook, Google, Apple, and the rest of them, to, and Twitter to uh, de-platform people who uh, speak out against what's happening, whether they're loons or they're not loons, whether they're Nazis or they're Marxists. It doesn't matter. Uh, in the United States, we have constitutional right to free speech, which is one of the few places in the world that does. And the only, and that has to be, that has to be gotten around because you're not going to get the First Amendment repealed here in the United States. So you've got to kind of outsource it all by creating a quote-unquote private company uh, system that removes the ability of people that has, it can remove people from the the platform by under the rubric of, well, you're working on a private network, so you know we have terms of service that you violated, and we're going to ban you and mm-hmm. which is nonsense of course because all of these companies were funded with public money they exist in the commons and it's a complete abrogation of my like, frickin contract law and everything else but you know uh, that's not that that's what they're gonna do so they're gonna ban first and then have to deal with the problem later hoping that the people that they ban don't have enough resources with which to actually fight it constitutionally or in, or in the courts or anything else
2: so but why are they they really want to control the free speech I mean let's take the example of Alex Jones we all know that he is pretty much off. A lot of things he does, I think, film are just not what I enjoy to see and listen to, but hey, mm-hmm. it's his platform, it's his media, his company, have fun. Who right. am I to judge? I will simply not listen and not view right. and if right. other people Absolutely. want it, fine. Right. But when... Okay, but why that's... You, a i yeah. say go ahead. And Why should you put him off the platform? Because now you've got a lot of attention that's happening. Well, what he was doing before, just... He was, yeah, no. he was doing the nuts things.
0: Uh, I don't understand business. why they would why they would think that banning Alex Jones would make him less popular, because it clearly doesn't work that way. It's the same thing with Gab. The minute that uh, PayPal uh, dropped Gab very publicly on Saturday afternoon, Andrew Torba, the CEO, <laughs> there <laughs> tweeted out that we just had our best, you know, on Sunday afternoon before everything uh, they got shut down, said we just had our best two days worth of uh, account new, new account signups that we've ever had. You know, and I, you know, I wrote I wrote my article on Sunday night, published it on Sunday night about this. It's gone pretty much everywhere that I normally get retweeted, and a couple of others. Uh, and I didn't particularly think it was a great article, actually. I felt really, I felt almost like I didn't get enough said because uh, I was doing it for very specific purposes. I read a, I wrote a, I write a a, a weekly kind of a marketing piece for my uh, mailing list, and I try to keep it in in almost a in kind of copywritten. Style. I don't always do it that way, but I, I I attempt to do that, right? In order to try and get subscribers, that's what the the purpose of that email is for. And so, a lot of things about the that Gab article that I didn't get into the details on that I would normally get into, and but it was very obvious that 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 article struck a nerve. I'm not only doing your show today; I'm doing a couple other podcasts on on this over the course of the next week or so because people really want to talk about this. This is important to them, so because they can see it and. The the people when you're in control um, and your control platform is threatened, you lash out. You the, the, remember that people who were who have control are paranoid. When the people who have power are paranoid, power, power not only makes you stupid and lazy, it also makes you paranoid. And so, um, it's just the way it is. I mean, it, it, it's this always works this way. When they're most threatened by what's coming against them, because the people who want to ban free speech, of course, are the people who are worried about what someone's going to say about them with their free speech. Mm -hmm. It's never about, you know, what they're actually saying. It's about what they're going to say about you, about the people who are in charge. And it's pretty obvious in the last, you know, few months that containment's been breached around people like Soros and Steyer and Tom Steyer and, and others, and even the Clintons to a greater or lesser extent, and all of it, the whole... That whole cabal of people I like to call the, the, the Davos crowd, by the way, the unelected oligarchs and politicians who think they run the world. Those guys the containment's been breached around them and you can see it in the political trends that we're seeing around the world today, and you can see it in social media, you can see the bifurcation of it. In some ways they're stoking the division, certainly here in the United States. They're trying to they're trying to get the, the left and the right to retreat into their ideological corners and then fight like two Wolverines over, you know, a dead squirrel. And um well, they get away with, you know, erecting an Orwellian panopticon to keep us you know, to keep the the real truth tellers off the off the scene, and that's what's I think that's what's happening. I think it's pretty obvious that's what's happening, and uh, they're doing all of this while the political system and the and the the financial markets are teetering on the edge of oblivion. Well, <laughs> it's, it's crazy.
2: It is crazy because. I posted my podcast quite a lot about the upcoming stock market collapse. My survivor mm-hmm. collapse report is a sales hit, literally. Sold a few mm-hmm. hundred of them and without, with almost no marketing, so that's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if I were granted, it, then it would get taken off the ground. <laughs> right. And it's just that I think from I, if I was, from all the things that I would would be worried about, if I was running a social media company or being an investor in, it or in the world, I would simply say from, yeah, that l- people that are not really my a cup of coffee. Yeah, they are not my most important thing. Let's get people to work. If they right. have, if they are working, if they are if they are not hungry, if they see less homeless people, if you see empty homes, get people in. If you see shops being open set up shut down, they will be happy, and we can go back to normal.
0: Right. Well, the problem is, is that, that you have a soul. You have to realize that these people don't have souls. I, I mean, yeah. I'm not being like I'm not being flip here at all. These people are evil. OK, they are evil in a way that they're evil, that, you know, Darth Vader like evil. And I don't and I don't say this lightly. That's who they are. They they they, they destroy governments. They they, they 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 kill and displace millions of people all for a particular ideology or all for a particular cause. I mean, that's what they do. George Soros and others, they go in and our CIA here in the U.S. and and others, they go in, they destabilize a country, they they create a puppet government and they create a failed state and then invite terrorists in to run the place in order to create nodes of chaos because they're trying to move humanity in the particular direction that they want while they make billions of dollars doing it because they just don't care. When you don't believe in anything, when you are a nihilist, and these people are all nihilists, they, they believe in Power. And um, that's my and effectively that's my definition of nihilism. When all you believe in is power, then you don't really believe in anything because at that point everything justifies every action justifies your accumulation of more power. Um, and it's a very Marxist uh, or postmodernist Marxist view of the world. And I think that that's just who they are. And we have to realize that all of these systems be they private or public or an amalgamation of both. And certainly the worst ones are the amalgamation of both, where you have a very strong, powerful central government that can then hand out uh, favors and power and pelf, as Lou Rockwell would put it, um, to their favored Contractors who also want power and power—that that's the most dangerous scenario, and that's where we are today. It's like you know, the EU is built on a, an almost Soviet-style corporatism, is And the U.S. is morphing into a kind of, you know, the the worst kind of uh, of authoritarian. Uh, economic fascism. I mean, it's really quite dangerous. And I mean fascism in the Mussolini sense of the word, not in what these these, uh, these know-nothing leftists mean today, where they just use fascists fascist every, everywhere to, to, to just smear people that they don't like what they're saying. I mean this very sincerely that this is like in the Mussolini sense of, you know, everything within the state nothing outside the state and i think that that's where they're that's where they're trying to move everything at this point because and they have to and when you feel that your power is threatened and i think at this point they know as well as everybody else that we're on the verge of a sovereign debt crisis in europe that the that the people themselves are rising up against them if you look at all of the popular uh results uh, of the, the, if you look at all the populist party results in all of these major elections that have been happening over the course of the last two and a half years or even three years, you can go back to even before Brexit because this stuff was starting to happen. And I know you in Europe, you know this better than me. Um, I think when you look at that, they understand that they've got to do something to try and blunt this rise and, uh, of populism.
2: Could you on that point that? not say that Ahmadinejad was the first populist leader and really the first on the verge? Hmm. I mean, I think it's a bad guy, don't get me wrong. But Right, right, right. If I, I, that's if a, I that's a really with,
0: interesting point. I, I,
2: if I, I, I want I to be elected in Iran, I would just say death to Israel, build an atomic bomb, say death, fear, make the threats, and you got popular. It's sad, yeah, but, but it's working.
0: It, it did work uh, for him, but at the same time, I think that the populists uh, that we're looking at here in, you know, both in the U.S. and in Europe are of a much different variety. They're more of a, uh, what are you people doing? This is wrong. I mean, if you look at what guys like uh, Matteo Salvini are talking about in, in and even Donald Trump, you know, what, what did Donald Trump run on? Donald Trump ran on a warmed over version uh, of Ron Paul's pretty strong libertarian. Yes. Uh, it's interesting
2: to see. Just we're not we're not we're not gonna get we're not gonna have a war, we're gonna bring troops down, cut regulation, cut tax. I was thinking that guy is my man. Where can I put yes, out no, Unfortunately I mean, I'm not I was, allowed to I mean...
0: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, as a libertarian, I usually don't vote because I don't like to encourage them, but I did vote for Trump, and it took me a long time and a lot of soul-searching to finally do so because I literally don't like to vote for people. I only vote in my local elections generally on on basically new rules and, and constitutional amendments and things along those lines. That's usually all I vote for, maybe in a local election if I know the people directly at, a, at the county commission level or whatever, but for the most part, I don't like to vote because I don't like to encourage them. Um, and I don't like to affirm my vote for somebody that I know is going to betray me. Now, Trump has not really betrayed me. He's a very complicated figure, and we could spend an hour talking about what I think about Donald Trump. Um, but in, in the short version, is I think his instincts are very good, and I think that if you if you go back and you read everything that he's said over the course of the last 30 years, that his all of his political um, opinions and 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 perspectives have been laid out in public interviews since the 1980s and they really haven't changed very much. And I think that he's understands tactically what he has to do to try and survive what's happening against him. I, but I can also see that I, I, I kind of feel as much as, uh, I get angry with Trump and I get frustrated with him. I don't like his foreign policy. I have to, at the end of the day, I almost agree with Justin Romano over at antiwar.com that, um, that we are in fits and starts and, 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 you know, three steps forward and two and a half steps back, moving in the right direction. If we see what happened over the weekend with the Istanbul summit between Putin, Merkel, Macron, and Erdogan, you you and you look at what they said, not four hours after that summit, the statement from that summit came out, which was a very powerful statement, that which is a, a basically a rebuke of the United States' position on Syria, Trump came out and said, out of, you know, I don't know, almost out of nowhere, he says, yeah, we're going to be getting out of Syria real soon now. Now, that is something and he's been trying to say that for six months, but he's actually able to say it now and make it stick, because I think he's very confident that the, he's going to be in a good position after the midterm elections, that everything has kind of changed for him. And we've kind of reached peak resistance to his presidency. And we're on the other side of it now. We're on the other side of the peak. And I think it peak with Kavanaugh. And then from there, we're just kind of moving on. So, Donald Trump's very interesting, in the, in the way these things are shaping up, we may actually be getting into the getting to the right uh, right state of mind, or the the, the we might wind up with it, it, in the right state. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Um, Let me. By
0: in the, here in the United States, in the, over the next couple of years, I don't, or or not. I mean, or they or we could just go or, or the control freaks so could just go full okay. and somewhere. That's what's happening. So.
2: On the midterms, it's interesting what you said about the uh, wave because if I look at what I see on Twitter, I see a lot of media saying, hmm. "Well, if Trump gonna get uh, gonna get a victory, there gonna be Democrats with rioting and routing on the streets. And I was just right. reading it, and I'm not a U.S. citizen, so they right. t- don't take my comments for granted as all true. I no, no, absolutely. But I was just thinking, you got an election, you got an election system, you can debate the system, that's cool, but you got your system. If you don't want to vote, that's fine. If you want to vote, that's fine. Your rules. But you get someone who is elected on a democratic way, and you are not going and so and you don't agree with him. So you start rioting and looting. Is there some memo on what went yeah. wrong in society that I missed? Just a tiny thing. You can disagree. That's cool. I mean, go ahead. I. Uh, right. But maybe it's not a good idea. I mean, I didn't.
0: Maybe it's just maybe. You no, know, all... you're absolutely right. That this is that the the right response to this is to go. Okay, we will abide by the election results, and we will move forward, and, and we will regroup and retune our message and come back two or four years later or whatever and try and wrest control of the government and try and make better arguments. The problem is that they can't make better arguments. They know that they, they've already made all their best arguments. The, the Marxist the, the, the Marxist left has already made all their best arguments. They've been in control effectively for the last 80 freaking years. Mm-hmm. Okay, Marxism has been the dominant political and economic paradigm in the West for the last 80 years. And, and, and in Russia. It, 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 it's just different flavors of it. It's just sold to us in different ways. But really, I mean, and the the attitudes towards labor and and all of this stuff, it has nothing to do with free markets and and, and all of that. And even though, you know, and and I could go on about this for hours, and I don't really, but it's important to understand that when these people who are ideologically possessed like this, and they are ideologically possessed, okay, and I mean that term in the the way that Jordan Peterson uh, uses that term. When they've lost, and they don't know how to handle losing at all, and that's the problem. And they want power. And I've said before, they want power. They don't care how they're going to get it. And every action that they take is justified in their mind because they're not thinking in terms of – they've, in effect, lost their humanity at that point. Or they're so suffused with their own sense of righteousness that they can't see where they've gone wrong. And that's what's happening. And they're being stoked by very, very cynical, evil people into that state, which is the part that really bothers me, because it's really obvious that the media and the people behind who stand behind the media here, especially in the United States, are stoking us and in, in, in trying to stoke a civil war. Because remember, George Soros has said, stated unequivocally that his goal in life is to destroy the United States and to bring about... To bring it down and bring and bring up Europe, which he controls, right? He controls so much of the European Parliament, it's kind of scary. Um, and so, and might so Soros is like the the front man for who he for the for the cabal of people that he represents. He's obviously the front man for this. He's not the driving force. There's a much there's a deeper game being played here. But Soros is a nice uh, um, uh, focal point. But don't don't get me wrong. It's not just him. You can get rid of him, and and this thing will still happen. It's a multi-headed hydra. Um, it's a force of a group of people who fundamentally believe that they think they run the world, which they don't. You and I are both market though that market. right. We know that, that at the end of the day, that, that markets are bigger than individuals, and, and you can't fight a trend that is in place. If you, you, know, you can only create small, short counter trends. And, um, and that's what they've been doing, for example, I think, in the, in the current equity market sell-off, for example. Uh, in order to try and discredit Trump coming into the, the election um, and to try to suppress Republican voter turnout, which, by the way, is not going to happen. The Republicans are, gonna, are, Republicans are voting here in numbers you cannot believe. I mean, I, I've talked to multiple people who have like, gone to early voting across like Florida, Georgia, and the South, and they're like, early voting, it's like you usually be able to walk up and you know, you're know you the only person, you know, you and the poll worker are the only people in the room. And no, there are lines <laughs> out the door for people to go vote. They're, people are angry. And they're mostly Republicans. Okay, they're still angry over the way Trump has been treated, over the way they've been treated, mm-hmm. uh, and how they voted in 2016 and reaction that reaction by uh, by Democrats and uh, uh, and those on the left in the media. They think it's unfair. And there's one thing you don't screw with with American conservatives, and that's fairness. And I mean, and American centrists. Right, because one of the things about the American psyche that's very interesting is that we do really believe in fairness. The problem is getting us to define, you know, what's fair, right? Because our media is very good at at trying to shift that number, trying to shift that the focal point or the, the midpoint of what is and is not fair, way in the side of, you know, what the American elite actually wants, right? And then justify that. That's what they do. But they always appeal to our sense of fairness. But we can see through what's happening here, and. I just don't think. I, I honestly think that this election is going to be a referendum on uh, on the Democratic Party in the negative, and it's going to create a permanent. them it's going to create for them a per, as a permanent political underclass, in the same way that the Taft wing of the Republican Party was uh, post World War II. That the libertarian wing of the Republican Party, that Robert Taft wing, the anti-interventionist wing, they lost. They got their butts kicked. And interventionism, both the left and the right, was the was the thing, and it's been running our political system since the uh, since the end of World War II. That time has ended, and there's there's becoming a retrenchment, I think, in um, in the American psyche, and it's happening across Europe as well. I think it's just it's just it's gotten crazy, and it's a good sign. It's actually a very very good sign, um, as long as it doesn't turn into something very ugly. And I think that that's what they're trying to stoke it into by by hardening the battle lines, and then. Get, get all the conservatives to then flip a little farther and then there violence but you know I, I i'm certainly hoping that that doesn't happen so well, me either. and that it would continue to just be at the uh, a, a revolution at the ballot boxes
2: uh, me either but it's interesting to see that just people consider it normal to go writing and looting and i'm just thinking yeah well i'm even as confused as what's happening in bosnia Herzegovina where all the political parties say, "Yeah, it's civil war—that's how we're going to sort out our other problems." Also, pretty uh, frustrating to me that I say there are some steps before you do that. Let's not kill each other. Maybe it's just my tiny, stupid idea that people think that's okay, but I think it's a great idea—not kill each other.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's—you're yeah. not going to like—you're not going to get to. I say it all the time you know you' you're 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 not gonna build a peaceful world by shoot by by shooting each other by beating each other over the head and stealing from each other. and that's the problem with that's the problem with these these systems and uh, it's but again look behind the people who are saying that and who and who are organizing the, the stuff because this is being this is the people are getting whipped up into the sense and when you take stuff away from people, when you make them less, when you make them very fearful of their future. It makes it makes them easy to be susceptible to that kind of thinking because they're they're saying at that moment in time they become very high time preference to think of it in Austrian economics terms they become very high time preference and go you know screw this I'm taking that guy out or I'm 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 getting rid of that right there because that's a that's the stressor that's making me not happy and I need to get rid of that in order to be uh, a little bit safer and and. One of the things that I, I try to stress to my subscribers and, and certainly when we talk, start talking about how to deal with all of this from an investing standpoint is I try and give people good information and try and prepare them emotionally for the chaos coming so that they can see it rationally and not react out of fear, right? When the markets start to break down or when, you know, or whatever, or the, you know, the bond markets start to break down or the equity markets start to break down and, you know, what, you know, how do you deal with that? Banks started failing, all that stuff, and and the you know the crazy uh, emotional reaction, to that. The first emotional reaction to that is always to react out of fear, and that's a natural thing. But if you if you try and prepare other people as emotionally as possible for them to make good rational decisions during times of crisis, because that's honestly when the when you can really make great money, right? If you've got money sitting on the sidelines just waiting for the bottom, you know, effectively pulling a John Paul, I'm just waiting. Oh, there's the blood in the streets moment, or you know, that's the yeah. whole Warren Buffett thing. That's your blood in the streets moment by now, and that's when you're you, and you make one good decision, and it could, you know, set you up for life. And all the other stuff that happens on a day-to-day basis for us guys selling newsletters is basically marketing. <laughs> if you understand what I mean, if you can get, if you can get yes. the right, if you can get the right number, if you can get the right moment, and, and, and identify that one perfect moment. And then go, th- and then send out your bicycle. This is your trade alert. Buy the buy gold now. And then boom, it goes off like a shot. And you look like a genius. You make people five, seven, eight hundred percent in six months. You know they're done. You've now you've, you've got a subscriber for life. And then after that, every every other mark, every other newsletter is you're never gonna make better money than that. You know, and you'll and then you'll be able to market off of those returns. Like you know, Agora's incredibly good at this, and so is and so are a lot of the other uh, traditional newsletter uh, uh, houses. I don't particularly like to 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 market that way, but it's a you know it's a different it's a different uh it's a different thing. But that uh, you know, that's what you do, right? So I think that's just, what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm trying to do. With that's my that's my, my raison d'être, as it were.
2: And if you look from an investment perspective, the backlog, because not only Alex Jones was taken out of Facebook and social media, uh, they took also mm-hmm. took took my few times guest Scott Horton off. He was a few times on the show, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking when I saw that he was taken yes. off. What did he do yes. to piss people off seriously?
0: Oh, uh, he's uh, he's an incredible he, critic of the U.S. empire. Yeah, that's <laughs> I love Scott Horton. I've been I following mean, uh, him since I oh, God, I, I yeah. had hair. And I mean, I, mean, <laughs>
2: I was just thinking from what did he do? He is extremely critical. He's extremely against war. He's extremely against the Israeli empire. Yes. All fine. well,
0: mm-hmm. oh, there you go. But right there.
2: All that he says, it's not a lunatic thing. It's are people who know. There it are people with their feet on the ground. Right. And left to right, his uh, his books are well received by everyone
0: mm-hmm. it's a guy. no i it, it's scott is scott is radicalized yeah. in his in his rhetoric certainly uh and his perspective i used to I, I mean i remember listening to the first he did his first podcast on Antiwar.com. i was a uh a, a, a patron there for a year i gave them a hundred dollars a quarter for years i mean mm-hmm. i you know i mean, i uh both uh, Antiwar and war rockwell i I've, I've donated thousands of dollars to over the years and um because I see them, I've always saw them as the as the basis and the as the foundation for what's been coming, and I was right, by the way, because they were the foundation of what we're seeing today. Um, and Scott's a tremendous guy, but he's a threat. I expect to be deplatformed at some point.
2: Oh, welcome to the club. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I mean, like I absolutely
0: uh... expect to be deplatformed by these people. And my you know my business partner and I keep talking about what we're gonna you know what our plan is or how we're gonna host. You know, I'm right now just on a on a, on a WordPress.com account, but you know. Uh, the you know, no, the blog is, and I'm a patron. They can
2: take they can take it, it
0: tomorrow. They can yeah. Patreon. Patreon can take me down tomorrow if they really wanted to. And believe me, I'm starting to get I'm starting to get the Soros trolls. Well, on, I'm just on my, of,
2: I'm just thinking uh, in my the, comments. I mean, I'm just thinking about the same thing because I'm highly critical about the government. I I, I noticed you're on my newsletter, so mm-hmm. you you know what I write. You can see mm-hmm. it's not really what the government enjoys. A few weeks ago, I had the not nope. l- so lucky encounter, man to meet some people who thought it was great that to throw bricks at my head, and they hit. Not really nice, I can mm. admit. Really oh. painful. Yeah, painful. As- especially when the police that says, cool. "Oh, yeah, your party decided, You didn't see who did it. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Maybe you, yeah. sh- maybe you should start purchasing more government-friendly stuff." And I was just mm. thinking, "Okay, <laughs> you just convinced me. I'm gone." <laughs> and get me the bloody Yeah.
0: Seriously, if you're not going to, if you're not, no, if you're in that position, absolutely. Then I think, uh, I'm not in that position and I happen to be surrounded by private property on all sides. I was talking about this in a live stream recently. I'm like, you gotta, y- y- y'all gotta, you need to realize that you can't stand in the street and yell at my house um, because it's, I live off a private road and I'm surrounded yeah. on all sides by private property. So y'all start like lobbing stuff at my house. I get a gun and I live in, I live in Florida. I have, we have the castle doctrine and we have standard ground laws. We've, we, we we, we pioneered the standard ground laws here in the United States and yeah part of the reason why I live in Florida um, not, not kidding it's it, there's a reason why I live in Florida. The educational uh, freedom is very high here in the state um, as is uh, the the standard ground laws and I live in a I live in a particular rural county that uh, would not stand for that and you'll note that uh, Antifa doesn't come to even Gainesville, which is a which is a, a college town. I live just north of Gainesville Florida, uh-huh. which is where the University of Florida is. And um, and even in El County, <laughs> Antifa doesn't come to El County, and that's like Lib Central.
2: Well, for me, you know, it's one,
0: yeah. at, at, at a minimum. And if the students showed up, they vote eighty twenty Democrat, but they don't. Um, and the El County Sheriff's and Gainesville Police would not stand for Antifa at all. It would be it would be nightsticks and it would be night six and 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 uh, uh, assholes and elbows. Oh, as I say, assholes and elbows all day long. Just you know, taking these guys. Put them in jail. Um, I, I know that. My dad was a my dad was NYPD for 25 years, and mm-hmm. I, I know that. Re- I know the response, and I know and I know Elantua County Sheriff's Office. I just know that that stuff's not going to play. They don't pull that stuff here in Florida. They pull it in Portland, where they can get away with it. Okay, and a lot of what you see in the you know in the international press understand that is not a battles is not a battle zone. Right, 99.9% of the landmass of uh, of the United States is not a war zone. It just, you know, it's in specific places and then the media is very good at projecting okay. a different image of what's actually happening. And we just we need to keep that in mind. And because it's easy to get gaslit by all this, it's easy to get angry and, you know, frustrated by it. I just kind of laugh at that, at that point. I mean, I honestly do laugh at Antifa uh, because I know that they're just um, I just I, I know that. They're being paid. Some of them aren't, but like the organizers are, are simply being paid to gaslight these kids and send them out there as shock troops to to get they get their face busted up and, and arrested. And it's kind. Of, and then they and then they go, "What? I can't, I can't do that. I can't punch Nazis in the face." I'm like, "No, you really can't." Oh, by the way, it's called assault. And we still do have, and at the local <laughs> level, we still do have laws in this country. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I got news yeah. for you. If George Soros punches you in the face, he's not getting arrested for assault. You punch somebody in the face, you're getting you're getting arrested for assault. It's just gonna happen. You know, so
2: I must admit, uh, when I was looking at the places to go, basically flee to, because that's basically how you can call it, and right. I was just looking at also the US, but I was just thinking, and basically the only reason I decided not to head or to Florida or to Jefferson City, I believe it's in southern southern Missouri, states called, not really sure.
0: Yeah, Jefferson City in, in yeah. southern Missouri, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I was just thinking from. Those states, if I live there, legally allow me to own a gun. I'm legally blind. I'm not an American right. citizen. They allow me.
0: That's what they want. No, I'm, I want. <laughs> That's not I, 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 I mean, I, I mean, without my glasses, I'm legally blind. Um, but um,
2: I am with. You know, I am with. So don't they, worry. They, you will see better than I do. I can't drive. A, I, I'm not allowed to drive a bike. Not drive a car.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you're much worse than I am. Um, I can read Braille. I mean, illegally so, blind here in the United States is like, you know, 2,200 or something like that. I'm, I'm you know, it's like two-thirds of the American population is legally blind by that by, by that definition. Um, no, I so consider, or 23, uh, or whatever. Uh, so it's I, really low.
2: To give you an ID, um, my remaining eyesight is six percent and eight percent. That's it. Oh,
0: wow. Wow.
2: So wow. I can read Braille and always proud. Over 10 years ago, I left government benefits because my company was making too much money for over a year. <laughs> so they kicked me out. Wow. Still great. Still the best moment.
0: Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Great. But it was just that I was looking. No, no at that's my...
0: fantastic. I mean, the I... thing about it is, is just, just remember that, that we've got your back here in Florida, to yep. be honest with yep. you. You don't have to own a gun. Everybody else does. and <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was it. I was just looking at it. And literally the only reason I'm not moving further with it is just look at your immigration
0: laws. Ah, oh, they're terrible. Yes, they're and terrible. then just
2: that I think that people are complaining about illegal immigrants who are there, and I was just thinking, well, I want to go there. I will go for your. I will go to the complete bureaucratic nightmare. Mm. Yeah, I will not. Well, it's too, I, mu- I can it's too say, much. Uh, t- kick the illegal stuff and yeah, get I... people off the line for the legal group in, I would say. <sighs>
0: It, it's a it's a very very difficult decision. My wife and I um, we we talked about expatting last year and uh, we didn't do it. And there's a, a number of reasons. Most family and we're and we're settled in a good spot here in Florida. Where we are it's a pretty good spot. Um, it's mostly hurricane proof where we are in the kind of the armpit of Florida. Uh, it's mostly hurricane proof. I'm five still only five or seven minutes outside of town, so it's you know not a big deal to go you know out at night and if I need to go to the grocery store or whatever. So, uh, mm-hmm. outside of a small town in North Florida, uh, I've got, you know, I, you know, it's funny. And here's the other thing. I know that regardless of what happens with the governorship during the election, cause everybody's up in arms over Gillum versus DeSantis, I'm like, cause Gillum is, you know, a Soros backed idiot. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, is that, the, is that none of us are really, anybody who understands anything about Florida politics knows that the governor doesn't have any power anyway. Now, all all the power resides in the legislature, which – and the legislature is not going to change one thing for Andrew Gillen. And he can grandstand all he wants, but he's not going to get anything done because at the end of the day, Florida governor is really a placeholder for running for president. That's all it is because you don't actually do anything. This is why, you know. It's like it's like my peak, it's like listening to the, the to my opponents on the left, my friends on the left who don't like Rick, Rick Scott over like environmental policy. And I'm like, oh, we can't have him in the Senate. I'm like, dude, he didn't do anything. Just like Jeb Bush didn't do anything. Just like Lawton Childs didn't do anything. Just like Charlie Crist didn't do anything. Democrats and Republicans both. They just named four. Mm-hmm. They just named four Repub- uh, um, um, uh, Florida governors. Two of whom were Democrats and two of whom were Republicans. And I got news for you. They didn't really set policy or anything. They're just a the figurehead. This it's the Republican, you know, and, and you can't – and if you look at all their policies, you can tell there's not a dime's worth of difference between them. And it's not really because of who they are. It's because the legislature has been solidly Republican for, uh, I don't know, <laughs> ever. Right? The beginning of time. So that's, well, not the beginning of time because uh, – well, I mean yeah. there was the whole Scoop Jackson-Democrat yeah. thing. But yeah, effectively the same policy has been in place. Uh, the same mindset has been in place in the Florida legislature forever. They just, they switched parties at some point in the 80s. They, they were all Democrats. Now they're all Republicans. So it's basically the same thing. The Southern Democrats in the 1960s are, are indistinguishable from Republicans today. They were, you know, what we call the scooped action, Demo- uh, scooped action Democrats or whatever. So, the uh, blue dog Democrats. I would rather vote for a blue dog than buy for a fight vote for a Republican because of Reconstruction post Civil War. And that was the dominant situation in the South for a century. Okay. I don't know if you know that about American history. It's very important to understand yeah. uh, that War. about American history. Yeah. The so the Civil War just basically turned the entire South Democrat because mm-hmm. the Republicans were such horrible people during uh, during Reconstruction. That's where the term carpetbagger comes from, right? So
2: I I never understand that the Democrats let the South go because if they would simply keep the South in and gain some big cities, they would be the ultimate control party, literally.
0: Yeah, they would, and that's what they've been trying to do. That's what the illegal immigration is all about. Yeah. Immigra- illegal immigration is about turning all the big states along the southern border purple or blue permanently. And then, because they tried after Bush v. Gore in 2000, right, to uh, get rid of the electoral college, because they wanted to go to a popular vote, because they knew that they had the popular vote because they own. They they own New York and the street this and the three and a half million people voted registered to vote in Los Angeles County that aren't alive that aren't even people right so because I think the voter rolls in Los Angeles County are something like 180 in the actual population of Los Angeles County something some nonsensical number it's it's enormous it's bad something and is they, going well down it will That's never fair. purchase the vote. yeah it's, it's not right I mean the population of Los Angeles County is X and the number of registered voters is 1.5 X uh, that's not right. Something's so wrong that wrong. didn't work. And so what they had to do then after that. Right. So what they're doing now is that they just decided, okay, if we're not going to get rid of the electoral college because it's not a popular idea, then we'll just create and erect a permanent blue wall of more than 70 electoral votes that are Democrat. And the way you do that is you um, you, the overwhelmingly uh, illegal immigrants come to the United States and they vote Democrat. Because they get because the Democrats talk about the welfare state and this and everything else, and, and so, and that's what they want to. They want to give them handouts and, and, and free food and, and free medical care and all that stuff. And they, these people come in. They and rightly so. If I were them, that's what I would do, right? It's, but I wouldn't. But I wouldn't do that personally. But so it makes sense. The strategy is sound. And so if you can turn Texas and Florida blue, well then you never. And you know, to us Arizona, then you never have to worry about there ever being an election again. It's the same thing in the like the EU. The EU is designed where. The European Parliamentary elections don't really do anything, right?
2: No, exactly you know, they, if you, the, most of the
0: EU is unelected. I did,
2: right? I did quite some freelance work for a member of the European Parliament, and if you just look mm-hmm. at what the official role is, they vote on legislation, and the result of the vote is an advice, and what they yeah. want and their demands is an advice. So basically, yeah. you can write to like, yeah. to so just write it on toilet paper and hand it over. And let's go to the bar. Right. <laughs> Just right. let's go exactly. for it all. They, don't have a,
0: they have no legislative authority <laughs> whatsoever. The hey, only real authority they have is to elect the European Commission president, which wait. in this case is Jean-Claude Juncker.
2: But Correct? That, that, yes, but that's only if the heads of state agree to. If the heads of state want to do, oh, that, wow, do it, even, then they do know, it.
0: That I didn't know. And Juncker okay, going even to go. That's
2: Juncker is going to go. And you see now the debate going on. And one of the debates mm-hmm. you see in the Netherlands, we... Uh, I think that our Prime Minister is going to go and omit and going to have a go for it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the social Dumber, the Socialist PvdA party, they took a big collapse in the last elections and they got the second hand of Juncker yes, in the party. So he's also going to go mm-hmm. for their bidding. And I, you, I, I, I think,
0: and I, no. I think the other, the other idea was that Merkel was going to, was was going to take over for Juncker after, and that she would voluntarily step down to heal the political wounds in Germany. I don't think she's going to last that long. No, I think she's no, gone by the end of the. I think she might be gone by the end of the year.
2: No, the end of the year is a bit too soon. I think. I believe there are a few electors getting up, but what you see with okay. German basically party leaders when they say they are going, the knives are being thrown in the back. Literally, you saw it with Schroeder call right. complete list. Mm-hmm. Since the Second mm-hmm. World War, this is something of a German tradition. I don't hope that the Germans right. are really proud of that tradition, but it's their business.
0: Right. So if they it want to, yeah, it is um, their business.
2: Yeah.
0: So, but, but I think Merkel, I mean, to be honest with you, if you, you know, to really like bring this back down to to, to the markets sure. and stuff, and where I see things are, is that I think I see Merkel as the catalyst for the markets finally waking up that. Uh we have a potential sovereign debt crisis on our hands. We now have JP Morgan this morning. I saw this morning that the, the JP Morgan we're doing this on November first, so uh that JP Morgan is, is taking a big stake in, in Deutsche Bank and one of my people asked, like, why would they do that, knowing that Deutsche Bank is like going to fail? I'm like, That's because they're exposed to Deutsche Bank, even though everything's supposedly ring fenced, right? Even though there's supposedly no contagion, they've got it all worked out. I'm like, Yeah, but central bankers are like generals. They're always fighting the last war. They're not fighting the new war. The new war is not is not housing, is not exposure to housing right or to 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 private debt it's it the 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 next one is a sovereign debt crisis this is the failure of confidence in government and, and they're not prepared, and vote. they're not prepared for that one.
2: and it's one Mark that we deserves. can't avoid we can and we yeah, can, no. can avoid this no I mean, you can't I literally had a debate once with my girlfriend about it and they just said from let's say a kid is born you should get the, the, the head of state to send a letter from welcome to the country we're happy you're here with you a happy great life and have you have all the luck and all the benefits. But the letter should be at the moment. Hi, welcome here. Um, here's a check. Please write a check of €35,000 to pay the debt that we got in your name. Um, this does not include any costs that you make, and you have to pay for it up front. Cheers.
0: <laughs> Cheers, this, exactly.
2: This, this situation in the Netherlands at the moment.
0: Wow. That's, that's crazy. And but that'll tell you everything you need to know about what we're what we're looking at, which is that they are scared to death. They need to be able to scare up the money necessary to try and pay for all this. That's why, um, and that's that's why that's why I listen to Mario Draghi, the head of the the, the European Central Bank. I just laugh every time he guys tries to get hawkish about things. I'm like, oh really? Okay, yeah. Like you're gonna stop QE? You're gonna stop buying Italian bonds? Okay, you, you can try and scare the Italians a little bit until like you no know, no paying up and you know worry about their banks but i got news for you that's not going to work you, you can because every time even never, never notice is every time that the the, the um the italian 10 year gets above like 3% <laughs> they you know they they start they, they talk a good game and they're all hawkish until the, until they allow the the the, the italian 10 year to get above 3% or 3.2 3.5% and then immediately like so the next day miraculously Italian bonds like start dropping by 10, 15 basis points a day for about a week and a half. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and this oh, just it keeps fight. going and, and... It, it, it keeps spiking higher and then lower and higher and lower and you know, and while they're and while they're trying to buy Italian debt, then German bunds start break start breaking down. And you can just see it. Like uh, so on Tuesday through Thursday we're gonna buy Italian debt and on Friday through the next through next Tuesday we're gonna buy it. we're gonna buy German debt. <laughs> so we're gonna go back and forth and, and try and spook the markets into keeping keeping a lid on all this stuff and like you're not ending QE. Like pull the other leg, it plays jingle bells for Christ's sake. That's just not happening. And, and if it all... does happen, then all you're going to do is create the sovereign debt crisis that you've been trying to avoid.
2: and next to that, you could literally from a monetary perspective, I would say, yeah, you can let go Greece go bankrupt. That's no problem.
0: Sure.
2: right That's fine. But Italy is the third largest economy of the European <laughs> Union. Oh. If they break up, it's just you don't do it. you don't bre- you you don't break up with France, you don't break up with Germany. Yes, you can let the Netherlands go bankrupt. That's no problem. Who cares? Small country, big economy, but the companies will survive anyway, right. and otherwise. Right.
0: I mean, the, bank, the banking system, the banking system can become insolvent. Well, who the people who will be hurt by this the most are the people who have the most to lose by this. And this is mm-hmm. you always have to ask that that question. You always have to ask the, the very basic question: Who benefits from this particular policy, or who is going to be hurt, or the opposite? Who's going to be harmed the most by this policy, and whoever's going to be harmed the most by whatever happens next? And then you can you can generally target what they're going to do to try and stop it. And so, you know, from that perspective, it's it's Usually, the markets don't really aren't that hard to figure out, but they are terribly difficult to time. Right, the timing on this stuff is is insane because it's a you know trillion degree of freedom system. Right, it's a it's an enormous number of of, of markets that are all interacting and and all that on a day to day basis. And the best any one human can do is to really look at six or seven or maybe eight. You know different markets and try and cross-correlate those things, and still you have a very incomplete picture of what's happening. But if you step back and you be- fall back on first principles about how these things work and how humans work, it's pretty obvious. And then you just factor in the polit- how the pol- politicians are going to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. And that's what's happening with the Fed, for example. The Fed's raising interest rates when they don't have the room to because they're worried about being blamed for stock market bubble. Just like but they were in 1999, just like they were in 1987.
2: No offense, but your stock market is already one big bubble. So.
0: Oh, of course it is. Why, but why bother it's a, being blamed uh, for
2: it? Be proud of it. I, 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 Be proud of but the work Fed, at least. But,
0: the, but, but the Fed doesn't. But the Fed doesn't see it that way. The Fed's thinking in political terms, right? And the Fed is also worried about the the growing pen, uh, pension fund arrears that we've got at state, pen- state pension levels all across the United States. Florida's not in too bad a shape, but, but states like Illinois and Kentucky and a few others, New Jersey, for example, they're all massive pension systems that are serious, serious arrears, and they need to get their, their rates of return up, and the best way to do that is to raise uh, the long end of the yield curve. And so that's what Powell's trying – that's part of what Powell's trying to do. And But at the same time, he's also draining dollar liquidity by, by – uh, by, uh, shrinking the Fed's balance sheet and letting the, the the treasuries that they bought under Bernanke and and Yellen to roll off their balance sheet and not be rebought, and that's also, but that's that's creating other problems, right? But so we've really- got a dollar liquidity issue, and is it- we've got you know political instability in Europe. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, no, no, I was just wondering about, it. And yes, we have dollar instability and political instability in the United States, we have political instability in Europe, we have uh, mm-hmm. likely monetary collapse in the United States, Mexico, Canada, the European Union, UK, well, let's grab the complete crown area, in Japan, the complete pictures. Complete all the fun countries we think about to save, we all go down together, at least it's going to be fun. We can um, the, we can no, they're the, going to go down, the they're going to go
0: down. But it's going to be it's going to be an order of operations. It's got to, it's like the emerging markets are all getting hit worse now because of dollar liquidity issues, right? So dollar liquidity has been tight now for months. And uh, if you follow Jeff Snyder's work over at the Lumber uh, Lumber Partners, he'll tell you that it's all about the euro dollar markets, and the euro dollar markets have gone have uh, have been broken, and effectively, in his in his way they're broken. Is that the dollar markets are starting to move capital and uh, and trading that the offshore dollar markets are drying up and they're becoming. Uh, dysfunctional and therefore that for and so that's why we're seeing um, hyperinflation in emerging market crises like Sam and the uh, The, the result but the next one, but it's all lost, right? in the in the overexposed um, Emerging markets. than some of this like the you know, the Asian crisis in In and even last, in, in 2008 um, These were near- <laughs> what we're seeing now. We was never really hit the economies never really hit Europe The others the uh, group's crises were provoked, right? They, they just fixed the structural amounts of oil prices, allowing all liquidation of the debt. to the, the, the truly get rid of that. That was continued. It's down there. It's now there. Uh, and so I think Europe is going to go with the core capitalism, but stable. Mark, like, it looked like being made in media by, <Extremely good� Tuslichting gutter> by people who have tried to destroy the United States of in and European and, and uh, U.S. policy at the top, at, this, at the above politician level, right? The oligarch level. Um, but the unfortunate about it for them is that I don't think that, that, that that's going to work because the United States electorate is to um, I hate to use the term but he woke to this plan at, at this point and they're solidly enough behind Trump that they give him a mandate to continue exposing these people right Not that's Donald Trump's biggest uh, asset is that his ability to let them get the people who are not all the so crazy that they expose themselves and that's what we're seeing so there's the so that is the real problem because of the structural amounts within the euro and um and fact, the whole, all uh, is guys, and I think it I think how Germany and Italy, uh, resolve their problems to this point of the, the case we'll the term prepared for Germany, the is the EU, and as through, um, uh, more sovereign debt the so that's why that's what I and, it, and then the United States, and this time it will reach the United States, and will be back the back here, we're going to, be back
2: and look at me from your uh, general's
0: perspective. Sure, so I think this is really that my shop. not a financial either. I'm just a guy with an opinion. And we all know what you know, people with opinions have. They're, they're like, fine. So, like, so yeah, yeah, I think the best way to profit from this is one. I've uh, got to call it. And we plan on this. You should be basing cash balance. Uh, it's a reflection of a flight to capital, a flight of capital out of the out of Europe and into the United States. And I think that's why we, when I what I mean when I say that it's gonna happen to the United States last. So if you think the stock market in the United States is a bubble now, just wait until Europe implodes and all that money in Europe starts flowing into the United States. We're already seeing part of it. That's why it's a, that's why it's a valuation bubble. Because and that's because you know, you can't look at just Domestic fundamentals and then value a stock market based on it. So too many analysts do this. They they miss the fact that there's trillions of dollars sitting over in Europe going, I need a place to go. go. And I'm like, I'm going to come to the United States. And they're going to look at – and now the question is if everybody loses faith in sovereign debt, then what what asset classes are they going to put themselves into? They're going to put themselves into claims against tangible property. So that means cash, gold, cryptos, and stocks. Because stocks or a claim against a tangible property uh, in, in just very broad terms. Those are the four asset classes that you should they be really thinking. looking at. Cryptos, because they'll allow you to get around um, capital controls, allow you to move your money across arbitrary political borders. Gold, because, well, in order to fight this crisis, they're going to have to, the, the, the asset prices, the, all the money that's sitting on the sideline, gold QE money is going to get flooded into the market. Everybody starts to worry about the, um, you know, the value of their currency, and they'll move to gold. We're already seeing that. We're seeing a bifurcation of the. We're seeing a, a starting to see a breakdown of the strong dollar, weak gold trade. It's starting we're, we're starting to see, you know, gold shift and become more correlated with the dollar. Not a lot. It's just starting. It's the. It's a. The, it's a weakening of that relationship, and that's the beginning of it. And then obviously the the difference between seeing, say the German DAX, for example, and the Dow Jones, and say the German DAX and the FTSE on one side, and the Dow Jones on the other. The Dow Jones looks pretty good. Like well, Dow Jones actually looks great, technically speaking, and the other two look like they're in breakdown. And so, um, I think there's going to be a very strong up, uh, up move in the dollar, gold, and uh, U.S. equities uh, once the once we have a, the catalyst for breakdown in Europe begins. And I don't know what that catalyst will be. It could be Merkel breaking down. It could be the Swiss National Bank finally starting to uh, to stop uh, the capital inflows. You know, they always they're always in there mucking with the with the with the, the value of the euro, right, to protect the Swiss uh, franc, uh, it could be anything. It, it could be the deposition of, it could be Brexit talks finally break down in a way that you know they're irreparable, and the market finally realizes that we are going to have a hard Brexit. So it could be Theresa May being overthrown by the Tories and the uh, and the, the Brexiteers getting control of the uh, of the of the Conservatives in Britain. It could be anything. Um, it, you know, and once we have that then KD barred the door. I think the capital flight we're starting to see that we've seen a little bit of is going to really uh, make its way, and you're going to see the euro break down below dollar $1.13 and then lower down towards parity with the dollar. And then you know, every once that starts to happen, then bond yields in Europe are going to explode, and all that money is going to come rushing to the United States because it doesn't have anywhere else to go. It's like water after a hurricane. Where's it going to go? You know, we can't go to the Russian markets, nope. even though the Russian markets are certainly better cap- properly capitalized than the American markets are. I mean, some of that money is going to go to Russia. The, are to, the Russian stock market is going to double, but you know, it's what's it going to soak up? A couple hundred billion dollars? No, that's nothing. We have trillions that have to be soaked up. So, you know, it's just a, you know, it's that's not to say that that's that the United States is good. It's just to say that it's the it's the it's the um least dirty shirt in in the laundry. Right. <laughs>
2: So. That's not really uh, reassuring. No, it's not a reassuring it's thing. But it's, it's the best of the worst.
0: Yes, it's the best of the, it's ba- the best of the a best best worst scenario. Solution. Right. And so for you, yeah. as, so as investors, the best we can do is really to think in terms of how we can survive this, because you really are worried about the return on of your money not the return on your money. But you can get spectacular returns if you are positioned properly. And so, you know, you, I just given you an idea of what my my portfolio looks like. Um. So.
2: And then earlier you talked about moving away from the United States, but you thought I about. Thought about. It. Although you're living in a great, safe vacation. Safe why you didn't go? Um, and what were you thinking about? Two things.
0: Uh, the main thing is that my wife's parents saw us mm-hmm. and they um, would be more than willing and have been more than willing to help support us while I build this new business to ensure that we don't have to leave. Mm-hmm. I mo- was mostly going to leave for financial reasons. Really, you know, after I, I lost my job um, uh, with Newsmax, we just went through a, a really sh- uh, sharp decline in income because my wife is a stay-at-home mom, right? Um, and um, it was the life that we wanted to lead. We never really wanted to live more than a small little, middle-class lifestyle anyway. But just looking at it going, uh, I could take advantage of the currency arbitrage here, and I don't understand why I would want to stay in the United States where things are at the ha- center of the empire where far goes the least distance. Right in a purchasing power sense, where I can go to somewhere else, I can go to to a stable part of southern Mexico, for example, and live like a king for one third the amount of mm-hmm. money, or I you know, it, it pick any number of places around the world um, that would welcome U.S. Ex- expats with open arms. Um, that seemed reasonable for me. And since I do this work from home, I can work from anywhere, have laptop and internet connection, will travel, right? So um, that was one of the main reasons, but that was met with sincere opposition from my wife's, in, uh, my wife's family, and with good reason. They've been very good to us. So you now we've worked some stuff out over time, and we were able to pay off uh, my mortgage, which was very big, and I now own my home for as much as you can own your home in a place where they have eminent domain. And I can own, because you don't, because it's the original sin of government. But um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we've got to what we originally set out to do when we built our house. We bought this property back in 2003. Because remember, I, I built I built this house with my own two hands, right? Uh, so I had a very
2: which is basically in yeah, I mean so those kind, of kind of
0: have to do this stuff. Right? I, I felt I had to do this thing once, yeah. right? I don't want to do it now. I mean, if I want to put an addition on my house, I'm calling a contractor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's it. Um, <laughs> I will begin there. I will call the contractor <laughs> to write. So <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, I mean, if you only have six percent eyesight on Lothwick, I don't <laughs> don't mean to be mean or anything, but <laughs> I, I, at fifty years old, <laughs> I can barely see a nail head anymore. So I I, I, I get it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. So yeah. um, Maybe. the uh, I'm not in shape to do it. It would take me six months to get back into shape, and by then I would have already fucked up the entire pro- project. So, but being in the situation we're in now, financially, this place makes some sense. And remember, I have, I still have, I still have dairy goats uh, that I milk. a Couple, I have a couple of dairy goats just for personal consumption. I have, you know, a handful of ducks for eggs, uh, and you know, I have one in my, um, and I have people who hunt my property for me and get me deer. So a lot of my food, you know. And we mostly meat lifestyle, which is actually quite cheap once you do it that way. So you know, it's
2: oh definitely
0: we're we're all really healthy because we're all really healthy. So I don't you know we don't even you know we don't have medical bills for the most part, other than you know my wife is going through starting to go through menopause and all that stuff. So that's you know there's issues there, but you know that's just normal stuff that you have to plan for. So I'm just I think we're in a particularly good place to ride this out, and if, we're, and if I'm wrong, well, you know, this is why I learned to shoot. It's just, yeah, I don't mean to be rude, but you know, <laughs> I learned to shoot, you know. I'll just, you know, I'll bless your well, heart.
2: <laughs> I can tell you from my experience, I tried to work out the back garden. I have a, for our a really big garden, and I, I tried to work it out as a vegetable garden to grow my own fruit and vegetables, and this summer, it was over 35 degrees, I got it for the first year, really all working. Mm-hmm. So it was really amazing that it, everyone said, you, well, why do you do it? That said, well, it's really hot. You're all complaining. I'm eating a watermelon. You say watermelon is three, four euros each. I got this one from
0: my garden. I have 200 from them. Right. And, you know, right. I, so, I know that you know, we've, we've, had, I my, we've had gardens yeah. in the past. I live in, in Florida. And one of the downsides of living in Florida is that you can grow year-round. And also, the downsides of the... So that's the upside of living in Florida. The downside is that everything in Florida wants to kill your garden. You know, we just live in this kind of amazing... Ecosystem where life is everywhere, and life finds a way to destroy your garden everywhere. But the only thing we can really grow well are sweet potatoes, which is fine. It's a perfectly good source of calories and whatnot. Um, I mean, we've grown other things. I've got we've got fruit trees that are starting to mature around the property and other things like that. But as far as active gardening, like, and we've grown green beans and other things like that. But you know, the truth of the matter is, is that. I like doing it and my wife's got a lot of experience and my mother-in-law has a lot of experience doing this cuz she she did a lot of the stuff up in Ohio. Um so if necessary, you know, if we had to, we could go back to producing even more of the food that we we eat off of our land without the need for dollars, but you know, honestly, it's a lot of time and that and while it's great those are great skills to have and I think everybody should have exposure to that stuff so you don't feel hopeless because mm-hmm. it's, it's actually the knowledge that you can take care of yourself that makes you a stronger person and makes you a stronger investor, I think, and, as well.
2: And that's for me more more a financial perspective. I was looking at it just, I eat a lot of healthy stuff. I was just looking at where does mm-hmm. my money go, which I do every three months, just every bill, yeah. every receipt for one period, index the Excel sheet. Right. And then just I was thinking of so if I just buy my meat at there where they killed the animal, I can save ninety percent. If I grow my own fruit, I can save money, and now I got it working. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got my own cornfield. I got over two hundred watermelons. The freezer is full with tomatoes, uh, tomato juice made from my own right. tomatoes. Right. Green beans, red peppers, the complete mix. Everything I eat right. a lot. Yeah,
0: so I mean, if that's and yeah, that's, really great. It is great, and if you're successful at it, and again, uh, it's it again. I, mean, I, I wish we... I, if I, you think I, about... Yeah, okay,
2: go ahead. I mean, if you think about it, if you just... When people say, what you have in your freezer? Uh, I think around the 200 red peppers. Right. <laughs> now... <laughs> I got a place for them, otherwise they would rot away, so I had to put them in the freezer. It's insane. Right.
0: What I've what I realized is that um, yes. I have a good comparative advantage in raising dairy goats um, and raising yes. ducks, because most of us... Like my entire family mm-hmm. is actually allergic to chicken egg whites. Uh, my wife and my daughter are both. I'm not... So so much, but uh, so that's part of the reason why we have ducks. That and the stuck eggs are just better, by the way. But um, we're not particularly good at vegetable gardening. Now there's plenty of great vegetable gardeners here in Florida, and they bring amazing produce to the farmers market every week. For unbelievably cheap prices that I can't, comp- I, it would take me, it would cost me five times the amount of money to grow it myself. I can buy it from the farmers market, local farmers market, even from you know some of the other the, the local markets. And so, from a from a, a time perspective, I'm better off writing another article for Seeking Alpha or trying to write another article for my blog than spend two hours a day toiling in my garden. Other than the getting out in the sunlight and and working in my garden and and the physical benefits of doing that, from a pure like comparative advantage perspective um i I have learned that I'm not a particularly good farmer so fair enough
2: uh, let's say it like this I use it also partly because I need sure. more exercise and I was thinking I need more I, need, I get all my names and data from podcasts so right. I need to listen to more podcasts ear mm. plugs in
0: gardening yeah, no. two hours a day yeah i, I... I need to go back to my ty- honestly, I honestly need to go back to my taekwondo class and just spend more time doing doing that yeah. just to get back in shape and uh, and yeah. and whatnot and and help shepherd my daughter on the last half of her black belt. But uh, we'll we'll see. So yeah.
2: <laughs> the, let's see. The that's a that's, that's a very head. that's a very American way of looking at things. Obviously,
0: so yeah, guns. <laughs> yeah. My my yeah, guns. My self defense and uh, okay yeah goats. Okay, good. We're good to go. And yeah, and hunting. Yeah. So it's a very American way of looking at the world. Um,
2: Well, once again, if the immigration law was not so Mm -hmm. terrible, then I would simply go for it. I mean, for me, now, the easy easy road to go legal is just go to a place with a lot of uh, poor American women around my age, just say, I can take care of you financially, marry me. That's the easy way to get in, legally. That's a legal route. Yeah, it is. The easy route, which is illegal, grab a charter flight, grab a holiday flight with full of tourists to Mexico, the closest to the American border. Mm -hmm go in and stay Right. which is illegal don't do it you'll get kicked out no. and i do hope that the government will kick all the illegals out i mean it yeah don't do the legal, but it's insane i'm a
0: I'm, I'm a yeah i know having you guys are in ground zero for this stuff i've have a i have ai see a little bit of it uh here not really where i am in north florida but i know that it's it's uh it's mm-hmm. like the like puerto like puerto rico was like a hurricane they've all moved pretty much to orlando um, and I know that 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 yeah. was having is having a hard time dealing with integrating all of those people. Um, but uh, I know I, I get it. And, I, and again, I'm a hardcore anarcho-libertarian, ultimately, you know, politically. But I also fundamentally don't believe that open borders are. Uh, a, I think open borders are an abrogation of property rights because the government shouldn't. You know, the government doesn't have control; shouldn't have control. Property and then allow crime by my front door through the through public roads. I don't, you know, at a brass at a, at a very fundamental level, that's the way I feel about it. And at a at a more practical um, political level, uh, you can't have a welfare and a warfare a warfare state that that, that that kills places people, sending them to your borders, and a welfare state that then pays them and gives them an economic incentive to show up here. You can't have those two things in open in, in open borders. That is, those are un. These are incompatible systems, and I don't care if the left libertarians listening to me right now are screaming that I'm wrong and I'm, I'm against – that's against the non-aggression principle. You all not have to stop that shit because I, no, I, have, I have no interest in listening to it because you're wrong. And by, by the way, Rothbard figured that stuff out 20, 25 years ago, and so did Hoppy. So sorry. I win. You, you guys. No,
2: no, don't well, don't get me wrong. I mean, what I always say from I have no problem anywhere, living anywhere. But just explain to me this: if I would go the legal route to move mm-hmm. to the United States for the next two to three years, I am busy with bureaucratic nightmare. Yes, you
0: are. I will be on queues, on lines. It's terrible. no, it's terrible, and you can't. What you, and can't to... and you can't make a living yeah. while yeah, but... you're doing all that. It's very different. No,
2: and then I, would, I would simply, yeah, and I would simply say, what do you say to me and all those people who go the legal route, who go to the nightmare, hmm. that they have to wait because someone said, I don't want to do the legal route; I do the illegal route. So why are you rewarding right. and giving I, benefits to people that? Fundamentally don't agree. The law for the country you want to live in. Fundamentally agree. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you want to live there, let me be clear. The government, should, in my opinion, just say you can live here, but we have no welfare state. So if you want to live here, yeah. Yeah.
0: Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yourself. If you're supporting yourself, but it's not a big that, deal. If there's yeah. not a systems in place that that is, that then it doesn't matter. You have to integrate because in order for you to be able to. Come and get a get a job and build a business in a local in an environment where you like move in and talk. okay now mm-hmm. and you have and you don't speak the language and you don't know the customs and you don't know anything else how are you going to function your the way you function is the way my immigrant parents did right because I'm a second generation Italian immigrant the way they did it the way my grandparents did it was they came across they learned English they integrated into society as best as they could they respectfully you know worked with the people who were there in order to build trust with them and build their and build their communities now did they did they congregate with people of like mind? of course did so did all the italian immigrants settle in in certain areas of brooklyn and manhattan and whatever absolutely of course they did that's what people do but at that at the same time don't be you still have to prove your value to the people who are there otherwise you're never going to be able to build a business because how else are you going to be able to acquire the capital necessary to be able to sustain your lifestyle um, without the and so you know you so people respond to incentives it's like everything else and if the people demand that you learn English well then you learn English I know in my in my father's family you know the, my, my grandparents spoke you know they came over on the boat they were both fully Italian but in their home in Brooklyn 10 kids they spoke nothing but English and like no italian in my household so in our household so let me tell you second generation italian my dad didn't know a word of italian not a word mm-hmm. and i didn't hmm. either because it was that was it, it was important to them and they immediately said okay, that's what we're going to do because these people are you know these people have taken us in and and mm-hmm. you know we were fleeing, you know the rise of uh. You know. And these people took us in. We're going to treat them with respect, and we're going to integrate into their society, and we're going to thank them for doing so. And we're going to do that by being the most by by being the best people that we can. And that's that. And that was the that was the ethic in, in my in my father's household. I know that was the ethic in my mother's household. And uh, and and that works. And those are the kinds of you know, and when you listen to these demagogues on the left try to say that, oh, these people have value and uh, this country was built on immigrants and yes, they were. But not kind of immigration you're talking about. So shut up. political disorders, the, the people of this country actually want you can't buck the friend. There's one of you and ten million of us. I gotta worry about how many of you have there's 10 million of us and one of you and can't make you can't create reality. Kind of Affects some of it, and we'll go along, and get along when it's not, you know, when, it, when, it, when, it's, when it's high enough for us to care. But once the costs rise to a point where that's not you're talking about, you know, about, uh, you know, where goes back from you know, he's wearing a wig, you know, staring at my 12 year old daughter. I got news for you. Here, are part of you outside, I'm beating the crap out of you. And that's that. That's what's
2: happening. Um, I'm be, just done with well, it. Let me be clear to you. you if, uh, my blind check just broke down. Hmm. I have to fuse power. a broken one. It's metal. <laughs>
0: Effort <laughs> so, I mean, they, they the shark. I have—I have, have no go away. They've just jumped the shark on what they on what they think is their behavior and what they're willing to normalize, and we're just looking at it. oh no, mm-hmm. that's and now as a matter of fact, sorry, but the grown-ups are now back. They're going to be in charge, and we're putting all the children back. And that's what's happening here. There's a certain—it's happening in Europe and it's happening in the United States. A certain level. Be blunt about it. Being—I almost sound you know, I sound libertarian about it, but I'm telling you that there's a there's a move back to traditional the tradition that's happening across the West, which is a very good thing to see. I mean, and we're seeing it, I think we're seeing it in Eastern Europe to a greater or lesser extent. I think we're seeing it in Italy. I think we're seeing it certainly in the um Absolutely seeing it in Russia. I was looking at statistics on Russia the other day that just bored me. But across the Russian world, they're building three churches a day. There's 50,000 yep. Russian yep. churches across the Russian-speaking world within a decade. They've already reopened yep. the, yep. the pre-Tsar levels of the state and everything else. The Russian people are, 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 are rediscovering their traditional heritage. At a, at willingly, yeah, I, think what, astounding. I think
2: it's astounding. And you know what the interesting part of it? Is, mm-hmm. Most people, so most families, the parents take the guilt to church or where they worship. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Russia, a kid who takes parents.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. You because you are
2: afraid that something happens to her, so you go with her church.
0: Right. right. That's the interesting that, that, part. That, now, that is, an, that, that is an interesting part. And if you think about it, I just finished watching uh, the TV show The Americans. I don't know if you watched it. The Russian spy lived in, uh, that, that we're living in. D- One of the subplots in the show um, was Daughter. Realizing that um, there was something wrong in her household, they didn't have grandparents, they didn't have a family history, they didn't have any. And she was empty inside. The major subplots is that she starts hanging out. Through. She starts looking for meaning in her life because she didn't have it. Okay, and she, you know, and, and the two commies, the parent, the two commie parents, especially the mom, who was ideologue of the two, ca- of the two characters, the, mm-hmm. had a real hard time with it. And eventually, it turned the whole, the whole subplot. So they, um perverted girl's desire for meaning in her life into turn her a spy. It's really chilling actually to see how it works and how the lied her the entire time about what the Soviet about what their what the union what what the Soviet Union stood for and all that stuff. It was quite interesting to see how that played out. Um, ultimately, she made the, the 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 young girl makes the right choice. So what she should do it doesn't betray her parent or anything on those lines. She actually finds the right solution to it. Uh, I Highly recommend. The, the Americans is a show that does a really great job of presenting the politics the, um, of the Cold War, and the, without much ideological bias, which is really rare, especially in an American television show. It's unbelievable. They this kind of you know they they attempt to show everybody in a positive light, even though they're all doing terrible, terrible, terrible roles in their soul. And it's really it's a show I was absolutely forward by it. Uh, I heard it was good. But especially being the hardcore politico that I am, I was, I wonder what they were actually trying to pull off. It lose this way here, or whatever, but that's fine. Over six seasons, you know, seventy plus episodes, you're not gonna, they're not, not all the stuff work, right? Not everything going to work. But I really think the Americans was was that rarity in our television of trying to to show things, to, to, to show the po- a political division without idea, uh, without overt, idea. um, and that's where Most of our most of our, our our television is push. The state is great. And without, you know, without cops, um, we're we're all dead, you know. it's very hobby very Hobbesian, uh, television here in the United States. I I only pick out the stuff that doesn't do that, like the Matthew. other shows that are very, very good for that reason. So.
2: Um, I'm going to I have Amazon.
0: I'm watch all six seasons of it uh, on Amazon. So I. Kind of...
2: Let's start trying with uh, Google because, YouTube. for YouTube because Amazon is not the same <laughs> <island>. <laughs> <laughs> right. basically oh, I'm I'm here. Okay. <laughs> it's not a sale um, to find a comment yeah, because sure. I just how long we are all, I'm pretty sure that you need to write can, sure, can our listeners find sure you can find out
0: about my website is in guns with an N we own all variations on that, so don't worry about it. Um, you can also follow my work on. You can follow me on Twitter okay. at tmsm28. You can also, um, if you like, surprise, you can look at my Patreon, Patreon slash Gold Ghosts. I offer but I a blog with me and a podcast. I uh, have a kinds of things on a basis each an ideas and all that. Uh, and it's an it's a great time. I write a newsletter, a, 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 a monthly newsletter, monthly newsletter uh, where I do a, I take take all things and everything and try and, 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 and uh, distill it down into a, a coherent portfolio strategy.
2: Okay, then I would say thank you for the time. i to one, so. <laughs> <Pretty laughs> Take care.
0: Have a Bye bye.
2: union imposed completely global covering privacy laws so it's the highest time for you to be transparent unless you want to pay a 20 million euro fine and yes the european commission is on our wage hunt so get ready so check out gdrp compliance course on hofproffa.com gdrp that's hofproffa.com gdrp it's the beginning of time gold has become real money it is the money being used by the aztecs the Egypts the roman empire and central banks around the world still love gold. So why are you not ready for making from gold profits? Gold profits are there just because of the current trade wars, financial instability, and geopolitical tensions. Gold is likely to go up and up and up. So check it out: hofprofit.com/gold2018. That's hofprofit.com/gold2018. WordPress offers you many great opportunities to build a great website, webshop and spread your matches. If it's your blog your your desire to become financially independent, WordPress is there for you to help you. WordPress has many hidden secret hidden features no one knows. So visit hofprofitcom WordPress for the WordPress training menu. What do you say about that one? What an interview! And wow, quite some interesting comments. Um, yeah, well, I look forward to hearing from you because it's really interesting what Tom said. Um, he's a highly popular guest. I'll try to get him on a few times just to talk about what's happening in the world. Um, interesting perspectives and, yeah, well, I look forward to hearing back from you what you think about it. Yeah. Um, I strongly suggest you check out uh, his newsletter and just follow him because the newsletter with if you can get ongoingly this type of perspectives then you're so lucky and you're so blessed with all these insights and with that I'm going to salute you please uh, p- pay a visit to hofprofil.com, shop till your drop and I will talk to you tomorrow when we have the midterms. Cheers! Hey, it's Lodewijk. I'm really happy that you took the time to listen this moment to my podcast. I am honored. I'm pleased with it. And I respect your choice for your life. Because you made a choice. You made a choice for success. But please keep a few moments for yourself. First of all, this is a disclaimer. So it's all the legal stuff. But for any penny you invest, please take the time. Take as much time that you make that you need to make the money to invest before you invest and literally go sit go from your desk by the where, wherever you're gonna make the investments wherever you're gonna do it you're gonna stand up and stand up and look at that that empty chair and just ask yourself five five questions five terrible questions about the investment decisions you're gonna make it's your money, so be wise with it. The information in this podcast is not intended to be true, it's not to be it's not an advice. We don't sell or recommend anything. We just talk it's general information and please and from the deepest of my heart, I mean it means a lot to me that you are listening to the show, but please just treat your money smartly. You're here because you want to get ahead of life, not you because you want to lose. So, take your time. You know, profit makers are decision makers. But decision makers, and especially profitable decision makers, are informed decision makers. So, let's go and let's move a step ahead. One tiny baby step at a time. We are profitable decision makers.